Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Scored a touchdown earlier in a direct snap. Now it's Michelle's turn running all the way. Gets to the edge. Sonny Michelle will send the Dogs home to the championship game. 53 and a half yard drive near hash. Kick right. Snap. Hold. Kick is away. It's reaching. And it is good. 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 Hot pot does it. All right. Hot pot. Dots with an up and out. Wide open. Touchdown. Israel Troop. All right. Welcome in. It is a different look here on the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Joining me, as always, fresh off his JV game, it is Israel Troop. What's up, Israel? What's going on, man? Glad to be back. Just a different day. Um, ready to talk some dogs in a big win last Saturday night um, against the Clemson Tigers. Absolutely gigantic win. Uh, defense is uh, is the key, and we'll get to that here in just a minute. We'll also preview the upcoming game against UAB coming up this weekend. Got some news on that. Uh, as far as the status of JT Daniels, uh, there's been some reports that he may be questionable for the game. We'll get into that as far as uh, how this defense is going to look and all of that other good stuff. Um, we will we'll get into all of that. We are uh, we are the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast again on the Believe Podcast Network. Normally on Brinks TV, but tonight, as you see, we're going uh, we're going the original video stream style here uh, on the Believe Podcast Network channel on the Believe Podcast uh, Network channel and the Believe in Georgia Dogs channel on YouTube. Uh, we're going old school here. Uh, you can follow our social media at Troopstar twenty eight at Coach Burton thirty six. Follow the show at Believe in Dogs. Uh, we are presented by betonline.ag. The Cowboys game is happening right now. If you didn't get in on that action, it's halftime. I don't know if you still can, but you can still get some second half odds there. But it's that time of year again. Eyes are now turning to football. Teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest, the world's largest 200000 dollar NFL survivor contest, which is open now Ooh. at bet online. Hope you, uh, good luck. If you pick the Cowboys or the bucks in your survivor contest. So head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today. Receive your 100% welcome bonus, not 50%, 100%. Take advantage of their opening day. Super promo, make a bet. If you made a bet tonight, uh, and you're a new customer, 
you will get up to $25 refunded if your bet does not hit, but only when signing up. Hopefully, hopefully you use the promo code NFL100. If you didn't, sorry. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Israel, um, big game last week, man. Big game last week. Georgia was victorious 10 to 3. There was zero. <laughs> zero offensive touchdowns and I'm okay with that. Uh what what was your what was your number one takeaway from that? Um our defense is really good. Um you know we talked about it all all preseason everything like that talking about our defense everybody's worried about defense but clearly having all those guys on offense to kind of get our defense ready proved huge. You know, we got a we got a pick six um mm-hmm. to put us up, you know, and that was kind of the game changing point of the game. You know, so, you know, offense, you know, is big, but, you know, as they always say, defense wins championships. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, the secondary, I mean, I'm not surprised. The secondary balled out like we thought they would. Um, Jordan Davis, my God, what a monster of a human. The, the Kobe <laughs> Dean, uh, Nolan Smith, Adam Anderson, Devontae Wyatt, Trevon mm-hmm. Walker. What Tisdale. Mean, Tisdale showed up in a bit in a huge way yes. on a couple of those those third down stops, you know, coming through, especially when they're trying to run outside zone, which uh, Clemson mm-hmm. is very good at. You know, he's sneaking through through B gap, you know, making plays, dragging guys from behind. That, you know, a lot of guys stepped up. Yes, that closing speed. Oh my God! And he's not even a starter. <laughs> no, no. You know, you, we saw so many bodies, so many bodies on that defense. You know, a lot of guys that we didn't even talk about you know, that came in um, and stepped up and, and played big in a huge game and to get in a huge atmosphere, you know, especially a defensive um, ball game like it was, you know, yeah. you, we're expecting fireworks from both sides. You know, we thought it was going to be a shootout. But, you know, winning winning 10 to 3 in an atmosphere like that against a good team like Clemson just shows, you know, one, how good our defense is, how well they're being coached, but two, how well Kirby Smart is at managing games. Exactly. And, and he knew, he knew the, he knew the flow of that game and he knew it, if we just don't make any mistakes, our defense mm-hmm. had it locked down. I mean, I've never seen a defense take a Heisman candidate and just make him go into a shell like they did with DJ. <laughs> yeah, man, they shut him down. I mean, I think Clemson had what two yards rushing the whole night, yeah. you know, and a guy, you know, he's what six, three, six, four, you know, two twenty, two fifty pounds, you know, and we shut him down. We shut down his arm. We shut down his legs. And, you know, I mean, just just my guy, just, just the way they play it. You know, that's the old G-A-T-A defense that we're, we're used to hearing about and we're used to seeing from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. It's uh, it is outstanding. I, I was man, I was so excited to see it because like it, the, the point in which I knew that this defense had this thing under control and Clemson was never going to score was when when Spectre made that interception on JT Daniels deep in our territory. I think it was mm-hmm. around the third. Like they were in scoring range. All they had to do was mm-hmm. run the ball three times, and they would have at least had three points. But we go, they go three and out. Minus, I think it was minus twelve on that drive. Uh, there mm-hmm. was a couple of chances where where Ocho, where big uh, big Cinco, um, had a chance to uh, to pull the pull the ball down and run for big yards. But he just kind of went to a shell and took two two big sacks that got him out of scoring range, and they ended up having to punt. And so. That was that at that point, I knew I was like, this game, yeah, it, 10 to nothing might as well have been 50 to nothing at that point. Exactly. I mean, you, you take a guy like that, you know, you take him out of his element. You know, they're, they're used to doing and imposing their will on other people. 
And I, you basically just took both elements where you took his arm away and his legs away. Uh, we shut down the run game uh, with him and the running back. Um, they couldn't do their jet sweeps and things like that that they're normally used to doing. And I mean, just just look at our defense. You know, when we we threw that pick. You know, I'm sitting watching him like, oh, here it is. And our defense is like, no, nah, we got it. Yeah. You know, they just come out and stop him. You know, we get a sack there. Um, I think, and I know we got a sack, and I think we got like a loss of game right there, and then an incomplete pass. I mean, hey, we took him out. Of, we took him out of field goal range. You know, and that's hard against a, a very good Clemson team, which, you know, it surprised me a lot. Uh, you know, Coach Elliott is very good, you know, with X's and O's, which just surprised me that they didn't have an answer, you know, for everything that Georgia was doing to them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when when you look at performances like this, and we'll flip it over to, to the offensive side of the ball, when you look at 10 to 3 performances, right, look, look at a game that has no offensive touchdowns at all with two with two teams that were expected to have explosive offenses, like when, when you when you rate, big defensive performances like this, you know, mm-hmm. 10 to three games. Do you, do you kind of get concerned offensively that we weren't able to do much? Was it one of those things where, you know, to me, it was, I felt like both defenses were elite and the offenses were doing things. It, it, it reminded me of like a baseball game where both teams would like load the bases several innings in a row, but not mm-hmm. score and just leave them stranded yeah. where you have chances. You do a few good things, but in the end, you can't put points on the board or in, in the baseball analogy, you can't put runs across the plate. So um, it's it just, it was just a matter to me of these offenses are right there on the brink. Georgia gets a few mm-hmm. guys healthy and we'll be, ju- and they'll be just fine. They'll be scoring 35, 40 points a game. Same with Clemson. Clemson just needs to fix a few things, um, especially, especially up front. They'll be mm-hmm. fine too. So to me, when when I hear people say, "No, it was just two garbage offenses. This was a boring game." If you actually watched this game, it wasn't even close to boring. I would say that if I was a if I was a UCLA fan watching this game, um, you know, go Bruins, right? Um, so, uh, <laughs> um, you know, not all defensive struggles are created equal in my mind. No, not not at all. And then you know, I, I was fighting this battle all week. Um, you know, I got a couple, I got a lot of Georgia fans down here in South Georgia. Um, but you got to think, you know, we didn't do anything bad. You got to understand mm-hmm. Burton was hurt. Jackson was hurt. Uh, Washington's out. Um, you know, all of our, all of our big pickings, you know, is down. We don't have Gilbert. So all of our weapons that we thought going into the season we were going to have, they weren't, they didn't play. You know, there, there was one point where I didn't see Jackson on the field at all. You know, and there was a couple of plays I saw Burton and things like that. I'm seeing guys on the field that I've never even heard of, you know. So once I saw that, I was like, something's not right, you know, because, you know, we heard about this high-profile offense. Like Kirby was so excited about the offense and everything they were doing. And then we were running sneak, which is like what we call uh, a leak play to the tight end to different receivers, you know, underneath. And we didn't stretch the ball downfield. I'm like, what in the world's going on? So then something said, you know what, let's Google the roster and see what's going on here. You know, everybody was hurt. You know, everybody was doubtful and things like that. So, I mean, Jackson's in a knee brace, you know. So, I mean, if you if you watch this game, you thought it was boring, then you're not a real football fan. No, you're not at all. If 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 you watch this game, I mean, it was back and forth, going blow for blow. You know, we were we were getting first downs. They were getting first downs. It just came Mm -hmm. to a point to where who was who was not going to make a mistake, and Clemson made a mistake. You know, so if you're a true football fan, you enjoyed this game. Are we going to put up points like Alabama? and Ohio State and things like that eventually, eventually yeah. you know. But at the same time, Alabama had every single one of their guys playing on offense. 
Yeah. You know, we had we had all our running backs, yeah. But, you know, our starting guard goes down. Um, so, I mean, a lot of things that go in our favor. And at that point, as a head coach, and I commend coverage for this, you got to make a game-time decision. And he did. Hey, offense, don't mess up. Get us mm-hmm. first down. Let's flip field position. And let's go win this ball game defensively. We got you. Yeah, and and you got to know what kind of what type of game you're in, and and, and Kirby understands that, and that that's that's kind of a sign of maturity. Like you can mm-hmm. tell, he wants to press the ball downfield because you know that's ultimately what it's going to take to win. But when you're down to a walk, two walk-ons in your starting lineup, you know Jalen Johnson and Lad McConkey, which they both played admirably. You're not going to be mm-hmm. able to push the ball downfield, especially against a defense like like Clemson's. You got a you got your uh, beat up center playing guard who probably didn't play guard much uh, in, in training camp because exactly. of injury. I mean, you, just, just think of how things were for this offense. There was people all over the place that were out of position and that were probably never counted on to be, you know, to contribute in this game. And so when you look at those factors, you'll understand that, Hey, we got four great running backs. Let's just use those guys and let's let's move on. Let's get this victory. Our defense is playing lights out right now, and Clemson ain't moving the ball. So let's just let's just let's just ground and pound and and let's do it. And it and it worked. So mm-hmm. um, am I concerned? No. When we get all yeah. our guys healthy, we will be fine. We'll be explosive. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Kirby is going to get into the 21st century. And a quick note yes. about RPOs. A quick note about RPOs. You could tell that there was some, there was a lot that were being run, but the read dictated a give read mm-hmm. a lot of times because you, you could tell he would carry out this fake. You could see some routes happening, slants and things like that. And the few times that he pulled the ball and threw it, um, all, when when he got a throw read, Clemson rallied and made a good play on the ball, and and we mm-hmm. got minimal minimal yards. That's where Brock Bowers got half his catches was on RPO. So. Mm-hmm. You could, we were doing some things. Clemson was just playing really well. Clemson's really good with their front seven too. I mean, you know, they, they got scholarship really, guys. They're really elite. good. So really, really good. And I'll tell you this and anybody who's listening until you're in that seat and you're, you're in that coach's office and you understand like, Hey, we can't do what we normally do. You don't, you, you can't make those decisions, you know? So um, I say all the time, you know, that's why we're coaches and that's why other people do other things. You know, so, you know, mm-hmm. let, let Kirby do what he does and let Coach Munkin and Coach Lanning do what they do. And all of our, our coaches and support staff, let them do what they do. And let's go out and win ballgames. We won. And that's the thing. People are upset and we won the ball game. It'd be different. OK, we lost and Clemson put up a 50 piece on us, you know, mm-hmm. but they didn't. They didn't even cross the 50. They crossed the 50, what, maybe three times in the second half. Yeah. You know, so. And a lot of I mean, it was I, I pass interference. Exactly. Which phantom pass interference is at that, you know, uncatch, uncatch. I don't understand. This is one rule that I understand that they put in now, even if the ball is uncatchable, they still call pass interference. There was a couple of blow. There were a couple of balls that big Cinco threw out of bounds that they still call pass interference for. And I'm a receiver and I, and I still don't understand it. Yeah. It's, it's odd. Like I I was, I was sitting there going, wait, there's no way he could have gotten that. Exactly. Jabbar couldn't have jumped up and caught that. I mean, Inspector Gadget couldn't even catch the ball. Some no. of the balls that they, I tweet, I tweeted that. I said Inspector <laughs> yes, Gadget couldn't did. even catch that ball. Yes, yes, you did. Inspector Gadget yeah. couldn't catch the, the all hands uh, kicking net. Couldn't have caught some of those balls. So no. I mean, you, you got to think about that, and and that you know, that's that's a travesty. So, um, mm-hmm. but let's put a bow on this game. Uh, great game plan. 
um, great execution, you know, beat the number three team in the country, beat, beat a team that's been considered a dynasty recently. So I'll take exactly. it. Right. Um, did any other games stand out before we get, before we move on to week two, did any other games stand out in week, uh, in week one? I tell you what, the Ohio State Minnesota game uh, really intrigued me a lot. Uh, Minnesota is on the move. You hear me? They they are yeah. really really good. Okay. They're a really good football team. Um, I hate that they lost uh, Ibrahim. Um, you know that that's l- losing a guy to injury in the way that he lost um, is always devastating. But I think that I think they'll bounce back and be fine. Ohio State showed me a lot. You know, coming off last year, new quarterback um, coming in. You know, being able to compete and and not give up. Um, when they were down, will show me a lot. Um, the the Wisconsin Penn State game threw me for a loop though. Mm-hmm. I was expecting a little bit more. I was expecting a little bit more fireworks out of that one. That was a defensive struggle ball game too. It yeah. showed me that Penn State is really, really good on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, so and Wisconsin, Wisconsin. struggling a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. then but Wisconsin doesn't throw the ball a lot, and it showed if you yeah. shut down their run game, then you got them. I thought their play calling was really, really conservative. Uh, they didn't mm-hmm. take many chances on first down. Um, Graham Mertz, I felt like he panicked in the red zone a little bit, and they they had four mm-hmm. trips to the red zone. They were doing some things uh, offensively. They just couldn't finish drives. And Penn State, um, Penn State's going to be an explosive offense. So this tells you how good both defenses are. Penn State's going to be explosive. Noah Kane is one of my favorite yes. running backs. He he's special. Um, but uh, if you want in-depth analysis, uh, my friend Matt Perkins, who hosts uh, the Believe in Vandy podcast, also hosts the Believe in Badgers podcast with uh, with the Hebrew Hammer Matt Bernstein. Uh, so so catch that. Uh, they do a Monday morning fullback if you want their instant reaction with that, and plus they do their regular show as well. They go twice a week, so check that one out um, if you want the full Badger report. Uh, what about Texas, man? Texas kind of stood out to me. They look good with Sark. Texas, Texas looked good. I mean, I think I think Sark's got them playing. They're playing hard. You know, you watch some of the Texas games last year. Did they play hard? Yeah, but you know, they kind of give up toward the end. But you oh, watch yeah. the game Saturday, and they played hard the entire game, all four quarters. And you can see him. He's excited on the sideline. He's mm-hmm. doing things. There's another game that intrigued me too. That I think that I feel like if they had about five more minutes. You know, give or take, they would have won the game. That's the Tulane, Oklahoma yeah. game. Oh my God! Yes, yes, Will, yes. Yeah. I mean, you Willie know, Fritz. Uh, Will Fritz has got that team rolling. I, they got they got a, a great kid at quarterback. He mm-hmm. he understands the system. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, barring a couple fumbles, I mean, that's a different ball game. You Absolutely. know, Rattler came in after throwing the early pick. Um, I think the second play of the game threw a pick. Um, he came back and bounced back really well, but. Um, you know, they don't play defense over there, so we know how that's going to yeah. go. Yeah. Um, and, but I tell you what, if Tulane had a, a couple more minutes, that game could have could have got ugly, and Oklahoma would be sitting 0-1, I feel like. Yeah. And how about a couple FCS wins? Uh, the Grizz from Montana, they beat uh, Washington, and uh, yes. Vanderbilt laying a complete egg, getting dominated, not just losing, but getting dominated by a middle-of-the-pack SOCON team with the East Tennessee State. Man, that that surprised me. You know, I think with the new regime coming in, um, after watching the highlights of that game, I haven't really watched that one, but just watching the highlights. Too. I mean, they play hard, and that's what Benny's going to do. They're going to play hard what they got, and um, they just don't have dudes. And you can tell they they just don't have the dudes to you know match. And even against you know an FCS team and things like that, I mean, you got to mm-hmm. come in ready to play. And I I don't think they just have the dudes right now to match up with anybody. Will it get better? I think so, but as of right now. They're going to struggle this year. And, you know, playing 
the Georgias and the Floridas of the world, they're going to struggle real bad. But I think mm-hmm. if they, I think if he can get a recruiting class in, you know, keep those guys together, keep their heads up, I think they'll be fine. If Vandy can help the program. Yeah, they, they need some juice. Clark Lee just brought no juice on, on Saturday. It just kind of looked like they were all sleepwalking through it. Um, just kind of seeing the energy of that game and talking to my friend Matt, who, like I said, hosts the Believe in Vandy football podcast too with Ryan Seymour. Oh God, if you want, if you want some fun, uh, go listen to that mm-hmm. one. But um, yeah, those, those teams, uh, they, they surprised me. Uh, Central Michigan came out firing uh, Northern Illinois. The MAC conference teams uh, really kind of showed tough except for Akron um, Central Michigan, Kent state, uh, Northern Illinois beating Georgia tech. Um, that surprised me that stood out. Yeah, no. Right. Yeah. Um, Jeff Collins, <laughs> that clock is ticking on you, boy. Um, and then the man, Bruins, the man. The 404 is looking rough. Yeah. Waff, the, I, the, there was uh, Waffle House was like, can we not be associated with you anymore, Tech? Um, and then UCLA. UCLA laying a smackdown on on uh, on LSU. Man, that, that actually got, was a really good game. Choked up. Really yeah. good game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, that was actually a really good game. Yeah, it was really good game. It, it was entertaining to watch. I'm I'm glad it kind of <laughs> staggered with the Georgia game because I was able to watch most of the second half as soon, as soon as our game was over against Clemson. I gotta get some water. Don't don't, don't die on me, Israel. I'll, I'll go on a soliloquy if you want to if you want to jump out, get some water. Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, but yeah, UCLA they they found uh, they found a way to really just get in there and. Um, they really, really, really found a way to make sure that uh, LSU was, was was down. I mean, Zach Charbonnet, perfect for that system. Chip Kelly uh, was just outstanding. Uh, I think he's finally got his culture in. He was building, 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 and then he did. He went through the transfer portal to kind of finish off his build, and I, I thought it was, I thought it was an awesome game plan. I thought the play designs were great. I thought they just up front, they, they just mashed LSU and LSU did some good things. LSU uh, it's just, they're not, they're obviously not the 2019 LSU tigers. And they, uh, they showed that. Um, and they keep trying to be the 2019 LSU tigers, but it's just not, it's just not going to happen. And they're just not, you know, they're not what I don't know. I just I'm not I'm not sure exactly what uh, I'm not exactly sure what they what they think they're going to be or with it what they're trying to be. But when when you look at LSU, they you know I, I I'm kind of I, I hear the comparisons. I hear them all the time. I hear that it's Gene Chizik 2.0 where he had his once in a generational team. They won the national championship, and he's just going and slipping downhill since and so um yeah I, I can't wait to get israel's thoughts when he uh when he goes and gets some water he got all choked up man i uh i mentioned georgia tech he gets all choked up but here, here he comes with some water um hopefully he's uh <laughs> hopefully while we wait he hydrates so um just just looking just looking at uh just looking at lsu you know are you concerned that ed o's on on the hot seat like i i was saying i was saying as you were gone the game plan for UCLA was brilliant. The execution Mm -hmm. was brilliant. The play designs offensively brilliant. The defensive defensive play brilliant. Zach Charbonnet, perfect for that system. 
um, DTR, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, perfect for that system. They built and built and built, and then they put the finishing touches with some guys from the <clears> portal, <throat> and they looked good, man. They looked good, and 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 I'm worried about LSU, man. They're 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 got they're real dangerously close to being a middle of the pack uh, Western team, and I think it, I think we're starting to see the beginning of the end for uh, for Ed O. It's crazy that they just won a championship what a year ago, two years ago, yeah. and we're always talking about Ed being on the hot seat. You know, um, you know, you see, we we always <laughs> talked about you know UCLA coming up. Eventually, Chip Keller's going to get his guys there and get his system in. Mm-hmm. They're going to be good, and they're showing it. They're two and zero. They just beat, you know, a top twenty-five team, a big SEC team at home in the Rose Bowl, and just completely made LSU look bad. Um, so I don't know what they got going on or anything like that at LSU, but Coach O, I think the clock's ticking, big dog. And I love yeah. Coach O too. You know, I, I think yeah. he, I really think he's a good coach. Um, but right now, something, something's not clicking over that LSU and they got to figure it out fast because it isn't going to get any easier. Yeah. And and to me, honestly, and, and, and this is not a knock at coach O because some people just aren't head coaches, but I think coach O is a, a great assistant. I, I think he's, I think he's an energy guy. He's a recruiting guy. I think he can, I think if you task him with getting your D line set, he's going to, he's going to do all that. Like him and Will Muschamp are, are I don't want to say they're the same guy, but they're they're very similar in in the fact that as head coaches, it just didn't work out because I just don't think their mind works that way as like a total program CEO. But when you look at uh, the way the energy they bring, the recruiting that they bring on on the side of the ball that their that their expertise lies on, I think they're great. Like Will Muschamp would be a great defensive coordinator. Uh, Coach O would be a great recruiting coordinator. And defensive line coach, he's a high energy guy. I just mm-hmm. don't think as a head coach, and we're seeing it uh, once. You know, we're, we're really kind of it's really kind of showing because his once in a generation team is gone. A lot of yeah. them are in the NFL now, so you're kind of starting to see what it was like before, and now what it's mm-hmm. like after. It's more of the same. That one year is now standing out as more of an anomaly than anything, uh, as more of an outlier. So. Uh, to me, Edo's on the hot seat. Um, he's got to figure some things out quickly. There's some off the field uh, things that are rumored to be happening. That's not really helping his yeah. cause. So um, we'll stay tuned to that one. I, I, I'm afraid it's going to get worse before it gets better in Baton Rouge. Uh, they may just need a clean house there, but um, Israel, shall we, uh, shall we advance to, to week two? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, week two. The home opener is the title of the show, home opener. Um, we, we, we look at the Blazers of the University of Alabama, Birmingham. The last time these two met was in, uh, was in 2006. Uh, the, the starting quarterback for, uh, for the Bulldogs was Matthew Stafford. The starting qu- quarterback for UAB was none other than country music star Sam Hunt. Which yeah. I actually reached out to him today and asked if he wanted to be wanted to be on the show. Um, of course, I got no no uh, no answer, but it's not surprising, right? So, Sam Hunt, if you're listening, if you happen to catch this, I invited you. Um, you're always welcome, though. So, uh, when when you look at UAB, um, you know you you got to look at um, you know the defense is is you know defense is tough, man. They uh, mm-hmm. you know they. They are 
just solid against everything. They're, they're good. They, they fly around, they get after you. And, you know, I've, I've been really impressed with when, when I watched them two weeks ago, in week zero, uh, mm-hmm. I, I was impressed with, with how they flew around. I was impressed with, with, with quarterback Tyler Johnston uh, and his mm-hmm. command of the offense. So um, a lot of things stood out with, with the Blazers. Bill Clark does a great job. They were conference champions. So it's, it's not like this game's going to come in and it's going to be a automatic 50 to three blowout, but you know, yeah. what, what's, what stands out to you about UAB? Um, the fact that uh, Coach Clark came back, got that program rolling, they have their own stadium now. Um, and I, like, I watched them last week as well, and they don't get out of position very much. Um, they, they're pretty much in the right spot at the right time. And they, like you said earlier, they, they fly around. Um, they know their assignment. They're going to play hard. Um, so this isn't going to be a walk in the park for Georgia by any means. If, if last weekend showed us anything with Washington losing to Montana, it's it's not who you play. It's, it's who, show, who shows up to play that day. So mm-hmm. um, as long as we come out and execute and do things that we're supposed to do, um, it will be fine. We'll, we'll win, you know, ring the bell and everything like that. But if we don't, we're going to be in a dogfight. Will we win? Yeah. But we're going to be in a dogfight with these Blazers. I mean, they are a really good football team. They're well coached. Um, those kids are going to play hard. Their coach is going to bring lots of energy. So we either got to match that intensity or it's going to be a long day for us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I think that uh, there, there's a lot of depth at the defensive line position. They lose Tony fair, uh, a transfer defensive lineman to Auburn. Um, mm-hmm. This is the deepest unit on the team. Uh, they, he wouldn't have been an every game starter for UAB. That's how, that's how crazy their depth is there. Um, mm-hmm. They were, they base out of a three, four alignment, but they can also go uh, shift into an even front in some packages. They're very multiple. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got some outside linebackers that are versatile that can be hand in the dirt type guys, or can be stand up, you know, can be stand up outside linebackers uh, in more of an odd front scheme and, and a little bit more versatility there playing on the edge. So, you know, when, when you look at a defense like that, that can, that can flip, that can flip philosophies and flip, I guess, flip fronts. Um, you know, what kind of, what kind of, mm-hmm. what kind of problems does that create? Uh, it, it causes a lot of problems up front, mostly, um, you know, if you're preparing for, an odd team, you know, you kind of telling your guys, all right, this is what we're going to see. We're going to see three down pretty much all night, you know, get ready for it. They bring somebody off the edge, we just count as four down, right? Well, yeah. they can go from that. They can go to a bare front. They can go five, two. They can go three, four. They can go four, three, you know, just, just how versatile they are. So you mm-hmm. have to – so Bailey is just telling your, your offensive line, you know, play with your eyes. You know, um, you're telling the quarterback, hey, make sure we understand who's down, who's off, um, how, many they, how many hands are in the dirt. That's why I tell my quarterback, see how many hands are in the dirt. You know, before we call the protection, just so we would make sure we're sound. Um, so, you know, especially with a not really inexperienced line, but, you know, we had we had a little trouble with Clemson last week, and they were three down pretty much. Um, they did play – they played a lot more four than they're used to playing, you know, which I, which I was surprised about. But mm-hmm. uh, with a team that's multiple, um, now you got to worry about are they in man, are they in zone. Um, so that kind of confused the quarterback a little bit. But as long as we can protect the front, you know, we, we're going to run the football. We already know that's going to happen. Um, you know, take and just basically just take what they give you. Because like I said earlier, they're going to be in the right spot at the right time, and they're going to fly around and make tackles. That's what they do. That's how they win. That's what Coach Clark has has pretty much beat into them. And you can see that they believe in him, and they're going to go out and play hard. Absolutely. And their past defenses, uh, it was a top 10 unit the past three years. Um, nine game, in, in nine games last season, uh, they did not allow a 200-yard passer. Uh, the one kind of outlier, if you want to count it, 
if you if you don't count it, then it's eight games. But Louisiana Tech did it with two separate quarterbacks, so they combined mm-hmm. got over 200 yards passing. But they had to use two quarterbacks to do so. So they they have great pass rush. They 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 blanket you in coverage. They mm-hmm. it, it, and it looks like being multiple. They they confuse you. So uh, you know, looking at what they do defensively, they're just they're just disruptive. They're disruptive. Yeah. They're confusing. They they make it they make it nearly impossible. So, um, you know, I, I'm I'm thinking also what to expect offensively in this game from UAB. They're going to open up the playbook, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Offensive coordinator Brian Vincent has nothing to lose, right? Um, you know, they're going to use play action. They're going to use they're going to use the run game to kind of take some shots down the field and 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 test mm-hmm. this young secondary because what I know about young secondaries and what you probably know as well. Uh, is that young secondaries can be relatively inconsistent. So what what Georgia has to fight against is, hey, we're up way up here on level 100 against Clemson, shutting them down, shutting down Justin Ross, uh, shutting down their receivers. But when you look at, you know, here comes UAB, which obviously UAB is not Clemson. It's good, but they're not Clemson. So, there is a possibility for, for letdown, like saying, okay, we can cover these guys, no problem. And, and then the focus just goes down a little bit. And if that focus goes down just a little bit, now you're in a, now you're in a dog fight, pun intended. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you get in those type of games and the confidence starts to wane on your side, the confidence starts to increase on the other side. Now mm-hmm. you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And for young DBs like Keely Ringo, Jalen Kimber, you know, those guys are prone to getting rattled. Not saying Keely Ringo will get rattled, but I'm just saying that's something that you have to be wary of. So those guys have to come in focus. I'm I'm pretty sure Kirby does a good job of making sure those guys don't take anybody too lightly. So um, I'm not overly worried about that, but if you really have to kind of look at a concern when you have a young position group, uh, like the DBs and the wide receivers, those are some things you kind of have to, you kind of have to go with. So, um, oh yeah. So yeah, consistency, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Exactly, because I mean they're they're go, they're re- they're good. They are a really really good and solid football team. Um, and like I said, that is kudos to Coach Clark. That's kudos to his coaching staff because you got to think they were shut down. You know, just a couple of years ago, and then they brought it back. And look what he's done since this. They've been back. So if you think they're going to come into Sanford State and be scared, you have lost your mind. They're going to come in there and expect them to win. And that and that's what any coach would tell their players, whether they have a shot or they don't. What we can't do is one play down a level because we're playing. Oh, this is just UAB. No, UAB will beat you, and they will beat you like you stole something and run you out of your stadium. That's number one. <laughs> yes, yes, they will. Yes, <laughs> number they two will. is that we have to play with the same physicality, and the same mindset that we played against Clemson. That's what's going to set us apart this year. Can we be as dominant? And I, like I said, I hate comparing us to Alabama, but can we be as dominant every single game, no matter who we play? And this game Saturday is going to show, can we be dominant as a defense against these guys? Can we play with the same intensity? that we played against Clemson, or is it just, oh, just because it's UAB, we're going to play down? No, if you play down, they're going to run you out of the stadium and they're going to be picking hedges out of Sanford Stadium. I can mark my words. If they if we didn't have a good practice this week, UAB is going to give us some trouble. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. They will. So um, the offensive line uh, taking shape after last week, made, made a few changes there. Uh, looks like Warren McClendon's going to step in at right tackle. Broderick Jones going to step in at left tackle. That's going to move Jamari Sawyer down to left guard. And that's going to kick uh, Justin Schaefer over to the right side. Cedric Van Pran going to remain as the center as Warren Erickson continues to uh, heal his broken hand, which is affecting his ability to snap. But um, you know, I, I'm thinking that's probably going to go a little bit better for us. You get a more athletic guy there at left tackle. It's, you know, UAB is a, UAB is a really good uh, G five team. So you're going to get some good quality work. Um, but it's a, it's a situation to where I think that, you know, realistically, Georgia's going to win this game. I, I don't. I don't think UAB is going to be able to really score on this defense. So, I, I think points are going to be at a premium for them. So, it's going to give your offensive line a chance to gel, and this 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 unit as it stands a chance to gel and and see what Roger Jones can do at the left tackle spot before you get into a more expensive game the next week against uh, against South Carolina. So, um, the offensive exactly. line. I, I like this lineup. I think Roger Jones is somebody that has shown that he can do it. Amarius Mims is extremely talented, but still the mental aspects of playing offensive line. I don't think he's quite grasped yet and that's okay. Cause he's mm-hmm. just a freshman. Mm-hmm. I think right now, everything that you want to do against Clemson last year, which you were kind of handcuffed with, I think you, I think you go and you go and try this week, mm-hmm. you know, of course, don't be done with the football, you know, don't, don't do things that, you know, out of your realm, you know, you play to the, to the, uh, what is it, to the talent of your guys that are out there. I think you can stretch the field a little bit more. You know, kind of see what JT does, you know, because you can tell when those guys are right there, the confidence that he has throwing the football is is not very good, right. you know. But for him, you have to understand, no matter who's out there, you still got to run the offense and you mm-hmm. still have to play just as if, you know, those guys are out there. Of course, you're not going to take as many chances, but, you know, when you get a chance to fill the ball out there, you have to. And up front, let's run the football, you know, let's establish the run game, which is open up some of those passing lanes for some of those guys, especially mm-hmm. since we don't have our – our top guys that we want out there, you know, let, let those guys, you know, get, get their feet wet a little bit more. You know, they showed that they can handle it last week. So let's, let's open it up a little bit more this week and let, let's see what we can do. Absolutely, man. And speaking of JT Daniels, he's battling an oblique strain. Not sure exactly how it's going to shake out as far as his playing time goes. Um, he was back at practice, which is a good thing. Um, it was first mm-hmm. reported. I first heard about it through the J boy show. I'm sure it was, um, it was, uh, reported throughout throughout all of uh, sports media, but um, he's going through and, and and luckily if he's practicing, that means it's not as severe as we think, but you, you know, you have to think you're probably going to see more Carson Beck than you normally would have in this game. Um, because I think that you're going to, you're going to take a look at JT Daniels. If he struggles at all uh, health wise or whatever, they're probably going to pull the plug on him and, and, and try to rest him and, and, and save him for, for the con- for, for the conference game next week against uh, South Carolina. And we're going to see probably more of Carson Beck than, than I think we would Carson Beck was confirmed. Uh, and I think this was a big, big move because it, it says that, you know, we're definitely going to see him because he was named as the clear cut number two quarterback. I think Kirby mm-hmm. came out today in a press conference and said he's, he revealed that Carson Beck is in fact the number two. It was kind of like, it was kind of murky between him and Stetson Bennett um, with uh, who was really the number two. Like if JT goes out for a series, is it going to be Stetson or no, it's going to be Carson Beck. And, and yep. we're going to see what this kid from Jacksonville has. Um, he was extremely raw coming in. 
put in the work, won the number two job. So very impressive um, for, for, for that young man. And I'm excited to see if, and when he gets his chances, what can he do with those? So we're probably going to see that on, on Saturday. So I'm excited for the young man. Oh yeah, most definitely. I'm excited for him too. You know, we talked earlier um, this preseason about who's going to be the number two. And I said Carson Beck, uh, simply because he's been there, you know, so, so it's Stetson Bennett, don't get me wrong, but it's a point of a, an athletic ability standpoint at this point, which one gives you the better chance to win, um, especially against, you know, an inexperienced line and things like that. So um, I think he gives us the best chance to win. Not saying that anything gets Stetson by any means, but I think Carson's earned that right. And he has, he's number two. Um, and at the same time, you know, if JT goes out or he, he can't get the job done, I think you go ahead and pull him, you know, by all means, I'm not saying that it's just UAB. I'm not, I'm not because they're a really good football team. But at the same time, you have USC next week. You have South Carolina next week. So um, I'm going to pull JT and let Carson take this one, and I'll get JT healthy and ready for an SEC showdown next week at home. Yeah. Now, if this was if this was uh, Vandy going into the Florida game, I would say probably let Carson take it and, and let's go and get ready. And, and I, I, I would, I mean, I think Carson can handle it and I, I want to see if he can. And I, I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a good thing. So um glad to see that it, it's not a serious, um, I, I was kind of fearing it was going to be one of those, you know, six week deals where, you know, it's, and, and oblique injuries are very, very fickle. Like he's okay mm-hmm. right now, but he makes one wrong move in the game on Saturday, one wrong throw, you know, maybe he takes a shot downfield on, on third down in the first series and, and whoop, that thing just yep. tightens up on him, man. Those oblique injuries, hamstring injuries, quad injuries, quad pulls, things like that. Those things are a nightmare because those things will nag you and poke at you the rest of the season. So um, hopefully he's okay. Hopefully they, you know, obviously Ron Corson um, is one of the best in the business uh, as far mm-hmm. as, as far as medical staff and sports training. So, or athletic training. So I, I think they have a, I think they'll have a good plan for JT. JT might still try to give it a go, but he is questionable at this moment. So he may not even play, which is fine with me. Um, I, I think if, if it means that he's back for South Carolina, do it. Yes. I think so as well. And at the same time, I also read that we're dealing with some COVID issues. Um, yes. You know, this time last year, um, I think us and maybe Alabama, um, other than Coach Saban, were the only couple of schools that, you know, didn't have COVID issues, but now we are. Um, so um, I don't think they've made a decision or they've even leaked that information of who may be in and who may be out. Um, but at the same time, next man up, next man's got to play. Mm-hmm. That's, what I, that was, that's what really impressed me with the receiving core um, this past Saturday. You know, we didn't have our dudes, but the guys that were in, you know, they did a really good job of, you know, knowing the assignment, doing, doing what they were supposed to do. So, um, you know, hopefully, you know, that's not the case. All those guys are fine. But if not, next man up, time to go to work. We play at Saturday. We play on Saturday. And they did what was asked for of them. And, and I'm, I was impressed by that. So uh, I want to see a little more out of Arian Smith. If I, if I had to look at a negative on that, I was a little disappointed in the impact that he made or lack thereof. So he's, he's got, I think he's got to shake out, but um, yeah, I mean, next man up, we'll see what happens with these COVID issues. And it, you know, with COVID, it was only a matter of time before Georgia was hit. I mean, they did a good job of holding it off last year. Uh, but some of these vari some of these variants are a little bit more contagious. They're not quite as, you know, depending on if you, you know, depending on who you are and how your body handles it and how many antibodies you have, or if you're vaccinated or not, or, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into, you know, is it going to cause serious illness or not? 
Uh, and more times than not, it does not, you know, does not create serious injury or serious illness for those that it does. My prayers and thoughts are out for you. And, and, you know, it, I, I feel for you if you, if you're one of those people that has been affected tremendously, um, it, it's certainly nothing to, to take lightly, but, um, yeah, you know, I, I think in, in the college age kids, especially I heard we were 94% vaccinated. So I think, and I think even that in, in that number, uh, I may, I may be wrong on this, but in that number, we're probably pretty close to a hundred percent of with, mm-hmm. with just the players. So I, I, I think we are probably fortunate on that end that we may not be, we may not be badly affected by that, but you know, Ole Miss didn't have their head coach on Monday night and they still, they still ran it up on, on Louisville. So yeah, they did next man up, man, next man up. That's, that's what it's got to take and just got to be aggressive and just got to put the, you just got to put the pedal down. Now at this point, you have a chance uh, between now and, and, and the Auburn game to, to really kind of, to really kind of craft and hone in and, and work on what you really want to do with this offense as a whole. Um, you know, you, you did what you had to do to beat Clemson which is fine. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a marquee matchup. That's a confidence building matchup. But now with UAB, South Carolina, Vandy, and who else? I'm, I'm missing one. Arkansas. You have those, mm-hmm. you have those four games to, to really practice and really perfect your downfield passing game, your RPO mm-hmm. stuff, and just really getting that explosive part of the offense. Exactly. Doing what you have to do to win is different from doing what you want to do to win. You know, and I think right now, you know, especially after last Saturday, we did what we had to do to win. Um, I think this week, and like you said, these next four games, we do what we want to do to win. And I think that's what I said. That's 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 really what's going to set you apart, especially if you want to compete with the Alabamas of the world. Because let me tell you something, Alabama looked real good um, against Miami. So, I mean, they don't they don't rebuild, they just reload. Um, so, in order to compete with them, it's going to be pretty much what you want to do, not what you have to do to win. And right now, I think you hone on that. I think you perfect perfect your craft is what I tell my guys all the time. Perfect mm-hmm. your craft. You know, if we're struggling throwing the ball downfield, let's find some things that we can do, you know, to help us better, you know, be able to throw the ball downfield. If that takes running the ball a little bit more, that's what it takes to take shots, you know, things like that. I think this week we'll be able to take a couple more shots, even with the guys that we had in last week. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all about execution. It's all about do I have more points than the other team at the end of the game? Really? Yeah. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, let's just win the games. Let's just win the games that are on our schedule. Let's let's gain confidence each and every week. But you know, with UAB, you know they're they're looking to gain some confidence as well. They're not a pushover, and I, I'm excited to see what this game is. It currently sits at a uh, at a 25 point uh, spread. Uh, obviously, Georgia in favor of that. That started out at I think 30 points, and it's gone down. Uh, five points. So, and I think that that has a lot to do with uh, the uh, situation with uh, JT Daniels uh, oblique, but um, Mm -hmm. as, as we, uh, as we round the corner down the home stretch of this show with our, uh, with our picks, uh, I'm excited to, to announce that we are partnering with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun with the sport that we love the most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. So here's how it works, Israel. You sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em at playactionpools.com. Have you done that yet? I have not, but I think, I, I think I'm going to try this week then. 
Yeah, try it. Um, Because what it what it does is you get your picks in each week. They're going to select the ten highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. So whoever it it started, I guess, with tonight's game. Um, So Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can get in on this week, but whoever gets the most picks correct, you probably won't you probably won't win the prize, but you can just at least get in on the action. Whoever gets (laughs) the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. What that what electric sunglasses? What that means? I have no idea what that means, but I want to win just to find out. Exactly, that's the point. Let's win and find out. Yeah, let's win and find out. I'll I'll, uh, I'll wear them on our next show. So again, go to playactionpools.com, sign up for the contest. Believe that's B L E A V football pick them. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, they've got Pickums, as well as a cool sportsbook style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Again, I have no clue what that means, but <laughs> I'm excited to find out because I, I might do one uh, within my school to just to, just to have a little fun. So playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pool. So this is a, this is a, this is a very, very cool website. I signed up. Um, it, it's really user-friendly. Uh, they, they, they organize it so nice for you and there's so many customization options. I, I really, I really enjoy it. So, so go, go to it, get in there, get in on the action, get in on the action, Israel. And you can I'm definitely uh, going to have to get into it. And you, you don't even, you don't even have to, you don't even have to sign up. You just sign up through your through your Twitter account. Like you can use your oh, Twitter sweet. account. To, to <laughs> That's do it. easy. No yeah. passwords or anything needed. It's already linked to it. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Um, well, let's get let's get into our picks. How, how about mm-hmm. it? You want to get into let's our get picks? It. Let's do it. Let's go. All right. So according to betonline.ag, that's that's the site I'm using for uh, for all the numbers. All right. Uh, here's an intriguing one. This is a Friday night game. Uh, Kansas taking on Coastal Carolina. This is I, I'm I'm ask I'm talking about this game because the spread is so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Coastal Carolina is 27 point favorites at home. Let me repeat. I like it. Let me repeat that. A group of five school, (laughs) Sunbelt, right? Sunbelt, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sunbelt team. See, I don't even know what conference they're in. This is how sad this is how sad this is getting. All right. Our 27 point favorites over a big 12 team, the Kansas Jayhawks. I'm, I'm riding with the Chanticleers. I am riding with those guys. Um, shout out to my man, Malcolm Dixon. He is the tight end coach over there at Coastal Carolina. Um, I actually talked to him today. Um, they're really excited. Um, you know, Co- Coastal, that, that Black Storm defense is, is, is how they say, uh, they are very, very good. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me. Um, their, their offense is explosive. So it wouldn't surprise me if they covered. So I'm taking the Chanticleers in this one. All right, man. I like it. So both of us riding high on the, on the shanties. All right. Let's look at Oregon, Ohio state. Uh, This is an intriguing one. Uh, Ohio state hosting Oregon uh, in the horseshoe. That's an 11 a.m. Kick central time, noon Eastern Ohio state comes in uh, as 14 and a half point favorites. Uh, Kavion Thibodeau is 
out for Oregon. He's their uh, he's their superstar uh, defensive end. Um, what do you, what do you what do you say about this game? What do you see with this game? Um, I think it's a little bit easier offensively when you don't have to defend a guy like that um, on the field. It's basically like they had Chase Young and now he's out. Um, you know, for for Oregon, so you still have to you still have to worry about Oregon. You know, they're hot. Their high tempo um, offense, and they're coming from the West Coast, so you know they're used to playing these early games anyway. But uh, from what I saw from Ohio State last week, and the way that their quarterbacks able to adjust, the way that uh, Coach Day is able to get them going, um, I could see this being a fourteen-point game. So I'm taking Ohio State. Ooh, yeah, um, I'm doing the same. I, I think Oregon. They showed me a lot by not showing me much in their first game against Fresno state. I thought they were going to be more explosive. I thought they were going to be a little bit more of a blowout in that game as PAC 12 uh, favorites. So I'm going to take the Buckeyes because I I think with what they showed me uh, in the second half of that Minnesota game is that once they kind of knocked off the rust, they were able to, turn it on and they were able to score points and score them in bunches. So give me the Buckeyes as well. I think you and I are uh, in agreement here. So uh, the next game that intrigues me, it's a conference game. Uh, Pitt takes on Tennessee. That's also a noon kick uh, in Knoxville. Uh, The Vol maybe Tennessee is three point underdogs at home and probably for good reason, but um, Pittsburgh comes in. Their offense is not, highly heralded, but their defense under Pat Narduzzi is, and always will be extremely strong. So um, I think Pittsburgh is going to struggle offensively. I think this is going to be a game where Josh Heupel and the tempo of the Tennessee offense is going to kind of overwhelm Pittsburgh. I I think Tennessee is going to get a slight edge and they're not going to relinquish it because Pittsburgh can't, I don't have confidence that they can't that they can really do much on, much offensively. So I'm taking UT. I'm taking UT as well. Like you said, the tempo, you can't practice. Tempo. If you don't use tempo, you know, your regular offense is hard to imitate tempo. So at the rate of which uh, they play and how fast they play offensively, I think that's going to eventually wear uh, Pittsburgh down. Um, and the defense is uh, Tennessee's defense in back. Um, they actually play They actually play harder than they have been in the last couple of years. Uh, and understand, I know they play Bowling Green, and it's Bowling Green, but at the same time, they played a lot harder than they have in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. um, and and that just shows you know the kind of attitude that they have in Tennessee now. So um, I'm taking Tennessee right here. Um, I think eventually the the tempo is going to eventually wear Pittsburgh down, and they're going to eventually take it away. Absolutely, man. I'm 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 right there with you, man. Tennessee showed me something again. They they proved a little bit. They proved that they are buying into the hypo culture and, and they're not as pitiful as everybody is making them out to be. And, and they won't be mm-hmm. uh, the next game. Uh, we're going to stay in the sec. We're going to stay in the noon time slot, uh, South Carolina, taking on East Carolina, South Carolina, traveling to wherever East Carolina is located. I'm not even sure. Um, East Carolina, the, the, the purple pirates, they are two point underdogs at home. I'm not still not really buying South Carolina, even after 46 to nothing went over Eastern Illinois. I think uh, they did what they were supposed to do. They get Kevin Harris back, uh, which is good, um, but I still don't really buy it. But the good news is they're playing East Carolina and not uh, North Carolina. So um, 
I'm going to take South Carolina. This this line, it's just minus two. So really, all all South Carolina has to do is win. Uh, I think Kevin Harris gets them over the hump. Uh, give me the Gamecocks minus two. I'm taking the Gamecocks as well. And a shout out to uh, Jaheim Bell. Um, scored his first collegiate touchdown. I coached him at Bad Austin. Uh, he's a tight end for South Carolina. So congratulations to him and the Gamecocks last week. Um, I think uh, at least Carolina's been struggling. They've been struggling for a while now. Um, so I think uh, South Carolina goes in there and, and get, gets a big win um, against them, kind of build build that uh, confidence up um, going into next week so we can kind of uh, knock them back down a little bit. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I think uh, they also get Luke Doty back. So I don't know if he, I don't know if he slots in uh, at quarterback, but they literally have a coach on the field. So I like yeah, it. Literally. Um, literally you, you, you can't say it about anybody except South Carolina. So uh, next game is uh, staying in the sec. Florida travels to Tampa to take on the bulls. Uh, not those bulls, but the South Florida bulls and mm-hmm. South Florida is for lack of better words, they are atrocious. Um, they got they got blanked by NC State, which NC State's a very very good team. I, NC State yes, is is a NC State is uh, more than a sleeper, not quite a favorite, but more than a sleeper to win uh, their division in in, uh, in the ACC. I, I don't know if they're in the Coastal or the Atlantic. I can't keep up, um, but I think they're in the same division with Clemson. They're going to give Clemson some fits. So uh, that game. Take it for however you want to take it. They're 28 and a half point underdogs to Florida. Florida's visiting. I, yeah, again, like South Carolina, I don't, I have a hard time buying Florida and, and taking them mm-hmm. seriously um, because I, I just, Emory Jones showed us what Emory Jones is. He's an inaccurate quarterback that can run, that mm-hmm. has some decent running ability. But if, if you force him to beat you through the air, he's not going to do it. He's going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. He's going to throw interceptions. The same with the same with uh, Joe Milton, the same with KJ Jefferson. Those all three of those guys are the same dude. They have accuracy issues. <laughs> they can run really well and they throw mm-hmm. a decent deep ball, which is kind of ironic. But um, Antoine Richardson is definitely the better quarterback. If he plays, they will definitely cover the spread. If Emory Jones plays mm-hmm. most of the game, they may cover the spread because South Florida's pretty bad. Uh, Florida fans are going to take over, uh, take over in Tampa Bay this weekend. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead. I I hope I don't regret this, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Gators Uh, in in this game. I I think that this is one of those games where um, it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't really matter. Uh, The spread could be any number you want it to be. They're going to win by that, that, by that amount of points. Yeah. um, And the only reason that I'm taking the Gators right here is because they're playing South Florida. Um, and after watching South Florida last week against NC State, I wasn't impressed, um, especially with their head coach coming from Clemson and having a high octane offense. Um, they, they've been struggling. Their quarterback look, looked out, out of sorts. Um, you know, every, everything that they had against NC State did not work. And I, I don't know if that's from a head coach's standpoint or, or a coordinator's standpoint, but they just didn't look prepared to me last week. Maybe they're a little bit better this week, you know. They got a lot of young guys playing over there. Um, but like you said, if Emory Jones plays in this game, it's going to be a little bit closer until Richardson comes in. Richardson's definitely the best, the better quarterback um, mm-hmm. as far as, as running the offense, um, especially as far as throwing the deep ball. Um, and, I mean, when you're 6'5", and I mean, like, two, he's basically Cam Newton back there. 
And um, he has the, the same ball. running ability as Emory Jones. So yeah. So I mean, you got you kind of got to you know, Emory, I love you, but um, we're we're gonna have to go with it with with this guy. You know, so with with it with the spread being so high, you know, it kind of scares me a little bit. But if UCF, I mean, if US, USF plays the same way they played last week, it's gonna be more than twenty eight. Um, if they can come out and fight a little bit, I, I, I like the twenty eight. I'm taking Florida. All right, all right. So uh, Georgia UAB, uh, the line's actually down to twenty four and a half now, um, which I, I don't know if they know something we don't know. Um, the lower that line gets, the more willing I'm able to take Georgia, uh, for all the reasons we talked about, I am taking the dogs, uh, minus 24 and a half. I am also taking the dogs. Um, but like I said, it, this game is going to come down to execution. Um, UAB is not a bad football team. They're actually a really good football team. Um, we can't come out and just think, oh, just because UAB, we're going to beat it for that. Um, if you don't come out and play like you're supposed to, they have the ability to run you out of your own stadium. Um, so we better come out and be ready to play. I think we will be. Um, and we're, we're still, I think we're still kind of riding high from last week. Um, and I, I think we have something to prove. I think offensively we have something to prove. And defensively, I think we're trying to show everybody that it wasn't a fluke. That, that it wasn't a fluke. Um, so I think we'll come out and be ready to play. And um, I like the dogs in this one for sure. And for those reasons, I love the cover on this one. When conventional wisdom tells me that Georgia never covers these spreads, but um, <laughs> those factors involved, I, I think they do. Um, staying still, still staying in the, uh, the sec, you got A&M, uh, Colorado, another sec pack 12 matchup, uh, Colorado, the home team, 17 point underdogs. A&M comes in. Hayes King struggled, man, struggled against struggled against Kent state through three interceptions. Uh, can he bounce back? You know, this Texas A&M offense, it, it's pretty common. The, they always struggle week one doesn't matter. Um, they always tend to get it together. They struggled last week, week one, they struggled the year before week one, they were just fine. So I'm not overly worried, but if he goes on the road and struggles again, week two, that's when you start, that's when red flags start raising. Uh, but Colorado's a formidable opponent. Carl Durrell is doing a good job out there um, in the PAC 12 with Colorado. They're 17 point underdogs, but I think that's a lot due to Texas A&M's defense. Colorado's going to have a hard time scoring this week. They're a good team. They will do pretty well in the PAC 12. I think they will be pesky. I'm not sure if that's going to translate into wins or not, but they will be a tough out at the very, very at worst case scenario. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the Aggies minus 17 Israel. How do you see it? Mm, this is a tough one. I think, I think I'm going to take Colorado in this one. I think I am just some simple fact that the quarterback struggled against Kent state. Um, the 12th man couldn't help him. <laughs> he couldn't help him. So, um, Colorado is going to be pesky. They're going to be a pesky defense. Um, What's that atmosphere? Like you, you were out there, right? Oh man. It, it, it is, it is, it's different. Um, when they run that bull, I mean, not the bull, but the Buffalo right by you as you're standing there ready to come out the tunnel and uh, they're going to make it so bad. The carts, if this is the tunnel, then the cart that they run him in is like right here. Oh, wow. So as soon as, as soon as they run him around the field, here he comes, he's running right at you and they, they run him into, into the trailer. So, um, you know, not saying they'll be intimidated by that, but Colorado's not a bad team. I think their coach is doing a great job over there. I think they, then they're finally starting to figure it out a little bit. So I think they'll be pesky enough to keep this game close. So I'm, I'm going to go with Colorado on this one. Dang. Okay. I hear you, man. I hear you. So um, we got a couple more games to pick. 
Uh, let's go to NC State, Mississippi State. This is an interesting matchup. Mississippi State had to uh, rely on a 20-point comeback uh, to, to beat Louisiana Tech um, in, their, in their season opener. Uh, they struggled, uh, but they did actually indeed get the win. This is essentially a pick em. Uh, NC State is one-point favorites, um, but it's basically you win, you win the spread. So take the money line. Who's it going to be? I I really like NC State in this one. Um, I, I think they're going to mash. Uh, they, they're really good up front. And I, I just think they have some dynamic playmakers. Mississippi State is still struggling. Youth is not on their side. Experience mm-hmm. is not on their side. It is a dramatic scheme change, and it's only year two. And really, it's like year one plus because they didn't have a full cycle uh, last year coming into last season, uh, they kind of had to figure it out and coming into this season, they had a full cycle. So it's kind of like the first year, but some of those guys have had experience. A lot of those guys transferred out. So who knows what experience level they have. So I'm, I'm going to take NC state on this one. I will take an NC state as well, because one thing I do know after watching NC state last week is that if Mississippi state comes out and gets down, or is it 30 something to seven or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to be able to do that against NC State. So, um, oh, and by the way, if you haven't watched <laughs> Coach Leach, Coach Leach's uh, post-game interview after that game, you should probably go listen to it. It is absolutely wonderful. Um, but um, is I, it I, ever I, not? I, he, he, he is funny to me. But right. uh, I think after last week and after watching them last week, like you said, I think they still have they – got, they still got some kicks to work out. You know, it's year two for him. Um, I think they'll figure it out. But – I don't think they're going to figure out this week against NC State because those boys on the road, those go, those boys are out to prove something to somebody. I don't know who it is, but they are out to prove something. Absolutely, and and and, and prove something they will. So, um, all right, uh, you got the uh, the old Southwest Conference rivalry here. Uh, you got Texas, Arkansas. A future conference game, actually, mm-hmm. a future SEC game. So I'll call it a sort of SEC matchup. Um, but this game is not played in Jerry's world like it has been in years past. This game is actually being played in Fayetteville. Uh, did you ever go to Arkansas? Did y'all ever play I did. Arkansas? Uh, we went there in 09, I believe. And that place, if I'm not mistaken, that place can do some weird things to you. Um, yes. mentally, yes, it uh, they, uh, it, it did it to Matt Corral. Matt Corral is considered one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He threw six interceptions in Fayetteville. Um, there's something about that place that makes opposing teams just wary, but as a coordinator, Sarkeesian five and zero against Arkansas. So mm-hmm. you got that going for him. Arkansas seven point underdogs at home. How do you see this one shaking? I, I, I'll tell you who I'll pick, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cede the floor to you. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm gonna no go pressure. with Texas. I'm gonna go with Texas here, um, I, uh, simply because of of experience or from Sarkeesian. Um, you know, he he put a weapon on him last year. He he pretty much knows that defense. Now, if he was blind going in, I would I would go with I would go with Arkansas. Um, but he he's game planned against them already. He kind of knows what, what they're gonna do. Um, so I think he's kind of going to bring that same mindset, you know, with him, you know, when, when Texas plays him as well. Um, but one thing about Arkansas, too, just like Colorado, Arkansas has a huge hog that they park right next to the visitor's locker room. 
And he is absolutely, he or she, I don't know what it is. It, it is absolutely massive. And they park it right next to the visitor's locker room. And they mess with it and make it snort and buck right when you come out, you know, uh, during pregame warm-ups, uh, right before you come out at the beginning of the game. So, you know, if Texas can get past that, I think they'll be fine. I think I'm going to go with Texas with this one. Now, I hate to go against my man Pittman, and, and they are a really good football team this year. I think, I think they're, they're going to be very competitive over there in the West this year. But I think with Sarkeesian being over there, I think the way that Texas is playing right now after game one, I think Texas has a little bit of an edge on them right now. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to tend to agree with you. I'm going to take Texas minus seven as well. Um, and here's why I think right now, KJ Jefferson, is just not there consistently as a passer. He's a great runner mm-hmm. had nine carries for 89 yards and, and, and a score um, in this Kendall Browse offense. But I, I think in order to make this offense go the way it needs to go, and it's the same offense as, as it is down in, down in, uh, down in Ole Miss, uh, Jeff Levy and Kendall Browse are come from the same tree. So, this is what this offense, if you want to know what the offense should look like, look at Ole Miss. But uh, when you look at this Arkansas team, yes, they're physical. Yes, they can run the ball a little bit defensively. They're going to make, they're going to make it difficult on the quarterback, uh, the freshman quarterback, Houston card. But I, I think the X factor is the comfort level with Sark and in, in, in the scheme. I, I think scheme wise, he showed against Louisiana, which Louisiana is, at this point, roster-wise, if you if you compare starting 11s, they're right there with Texas. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're, they're not far from Texas as far as that goes. And Texas hung with them. Texas did a lot of good things schematically on offense that, that gave them the edge. And you never really felt Texas was ever going to be out of control of that game, even though it got tight in certain situations. Watching that team and watching some of the stuff they did scheme-wise, I knew that they were never really in danger of losing control of that game. Mm-hmm. I just think the freshman quarterback had to work a few things out um, to, to, to manage that game. And, and I think he did, I think he did a tremendous job. So I think they carry that over. B. John Robinson is a dude. Um, and yes. I think that's going to be the difference maker in this game ultimately is, is going to be B. John Robinson and the way that they, the way that Sark uses him offensively and uses him all over the field. I, I really like mm-hmm. that. And that takes us to our final game of the week. There's a lot of good spreads on here, uh, but this is going to take us to the final game um, of uh, of the week. We're going to pick. Uh, we're going. We're going to do a ten pack, um, and that's going to be the battle for the runner up in the East. <laughs> Kentucky and Missouri. Kentucky comes in Ooh. five and a half point favorites at the grocery mm. bag. The mm. uh, Basilic. And the Missouri Tigers, they struggled last week against uh, Central Michigan. I don't know if that's just because it was an early kick and they were sleepwalking through the whole thing. I'm not real sure what the what the basis of that was, but nonetheless, they struggled. Kentucky did not. Kentucky was playing uh, Louisiana Monroe, which you tend not to suck against Louisiana Monroe. Um, mm-hmm. But what I really liked it was it was just like watching the Los Angeles Rams the play actions, the run game, they have Wandell Robinson, Josh Ali doing some big things at the receiver spot. Both had over hundred yards receiving. Uh, Chris Rodriguez had over hundred yards rushing. Uh, they, 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 they really, the play designs, the, the play progressions, uh, play action stuff was, was brilliant uh, on Kentucky's part. Uh, Liam Cohen did a great job last week of really just getting them off the ground and they did what they were supposed to do. So for that reason, 
Uh, and, and the fact that Kentucky can effectively use the forward pass now as a weapon, um, they're a dangerous team. Their defense is good. They have, they're really good up front. They got some maulers on the, on the offensive line. I like the Wildcats minus five and a half shout out to my man, Vinny Hardy. Um, so give me the Wildcats. Uh, I like the Wildcats as well. I don't think the Wildcats have been this dynamic since, uh, well, I know when I, when my, my era of seeing things since Larizen and Woodson, um, were a quarterback at, uh, Kentucky. So they showed me a lot. They hung what 60 on Louisiana Monroe. And I mean, hanging 60 is hard to do. You know, it might sound, sound it was, good. It, it was just 45, unfortunately. It was 45, but it's, it, it seemed like 60 because they, they were hitting. I mean, they were, they were rolling. Could, so could I been. think they took their foot off the I, gas a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the simple fact that, uh, Kentucky now, like you said, can throw the four pass now, uh, with, with, with efficiency and be effective doing it. Um, I think that gives them an extra dimension now, uh, that Missouri hadn't seen before. Um, this is going to be new to them. And, um, if they struggled against Central Michigan last week, you're definitely about to struggle with what you're about to see now from Kentucky. So I'm definitely taking Kentucky in this one. Cool. Hey, do you want to make it a dozen? What you got? Um, there's a couple more games that are intriguing. Uh, the Holy War, BYU, Utah. Uh, Utah comes in as seven-point favorites. They come into Provo. Uh, BYU is, the, to, in my opinion, the best group of five team. Kalani Shiitake mm-hmm. has done a tremendous job there at BYU. They, they haven't really lost much. Uh, they really haven't had much of a step down since Zach Wilson left. Uh, but Utah, again, uh, they have Charlie Brewer transfer from – Baylor, uh, Georgia fans should know that name. Uh, he had a really good game against Georgia in the bowl game before Matt rule left for the Carolina Panthers. Um, mm-hmm. I like Utah in this game. I, I think they're dark horses to win that the PAC 12 South, which mm-hmm. it's going to be after watching UCLA, it's going to be a tough thing to do, but, uh, they are seven point favorites in the Holy war. I'm going to take, I'm going to take Utah and BYU is a formidable, formidable opponent that just applied for big 12 membership actually. Yes, I think I'm going to go with Utah as well. Um, Utah always plays hard. It's just the big game that they kind of, you know, they'll be up and then they kind of falter at the end. But games like this, I think Utah dominate, um, you know, like, like they normally do. Um, and they'll, they'll come out victorious because BYU is going to be a formidable foe. Um, they always come out and play hard. Um, their coaches got them rolling as well. And like you said, they really hadn't taken a step back um, since Zach left. So um, I think I'm still going to go with Utah on this one. All right. Um, and last, this one's last for real. Uh, this is going to finish out. Our, this is going to finish about finish out our 12th pack. Our, our, uh, our believe in dogs dozen uh, picks. Um, this is the ultimate like head scratcher. What the hell bowl? Uh, the Washington Huskies <laughs> and the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, mm-hmm. Like four, like five years ago, this game would have been uh this game Huge. would have been like game of the century game day would probably be there and it'd just be amazing. Right. We'd be talking about, Oh my God, the winner of this game is probably going to be in the playoff. Uh, not so much, not so much now. Um, yeah. Michigan is seven point favorites. I'll be honest with you. I don't have a clue why I, I, I <laughs> I'm literally, I'm going to throw a dart uh, and I'm going to say Michigan. I'm going to pick the Wolverines. Why? Because they didn't lose to an FCS team. That's why. Um, that's, that's the only reason yeah. I'm going to give you, um, Jim Harbaugh somehow wins this game. I, I, I think they win despite Jim Harbaugh in this, in this case. So yeah, give me the Wolverines. I'm going to take the, I don't really don't have much to say about this and especially the fact that Washington lost last week. So, um, this game, like you said, this game doesn't have the, the, the luster that, 
um, that it needs. Um, so I'm going to go with Michigan on this. I've never went against. I've never gone with Michigan in a football game until today. So don't let me down. For first time for everything, right? So we know yeah. Michigan's definitely going to win now. But um, as we, as we wrap the show, Israel, this has been fun, man. This you know, again, we're we're off the beaten path a little bit. We're uh, we're on our own uh, tonight. We've gone rogue. There was a little miscommunication. Shout out to Courtney and Brinks TV. We'll be back with mm-hmm. them on Tuesday this week uh, coming up. Um, and uh, who do y'all play this week, uh, Monroe? We have Randolph Clay tomorrow night. Um, we're going to bounce back and get me. Like I texted you earlier, I mean, when you, you you're racking up almost 400 yards of total offense and you still lose, you know that's that's kind yeah, of a slap in the face. So you know and, when you have three you, turnovers you and they score, too. yeah, I mean, you take away our three turnovers, they score on every turnover. You know that's a 21 point swing because yeah. each of our turnovers were in the red zone. So oh, that that, you know, that hurts. Yeah, so you know I'm dealing with a sophomore quarterback. He's he's taking his lumps, but you know he threw for almost 300 yards last week. So I mean, you can't you can't knock the kid for that. No. Um, but uh, we, we we bounced back this week against a really good Red Knuff play team. So um, our JV team won tonight, fifty to fourteen, against one of our crosstown rivals, um, in Westover. So you know we we've got some talent coming. We've got some talent on our team right now. So you know we'll bounce back tomorrow. Um, hopefully you know and uh, play like we're supposed to. Uh, we'll come out there with a victory, and I'll be up Saturday uh, watching the dogs play. There you go, man. We'll go get it, man. We uh, we travel to Montgomery Central, which is uh, up north in Clarksville. We're going to take that chartered bus up there. And uh, we had a great week of practice. Uh, we came off quarantine mm-hmm. way better than I thought we would. Again, we got COVID canceled last week. so. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we, we come back. We've had a strong week of practice. We match up well against Montgomery Central. I think we can I think we can win this one. I, I think, you know, if we execute and do what we're supposed to do, I think we can stop them. And I think we mm-hmm. can I think we can actually score some points this week. Uh, we had a uh, we had a much better game two weeks ago against uh, McGavick. We lost 12 to six. We had some chances. We just couldn't quite connect. We were just kind of off kilter. We had a terrible week of practice. So that, that, mm-hmm. that factors in, but uh, this week we had a good week of practice. We execute a little better offensive line is starting to grow up a little bit. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see if that that's going to pay off. So hopefully it will. I think it will. I hope it will. Um, and and I'm, I'm hoping that I'm, that I'm texting you uh, Saturday morning saying, Hey, we got our first dub. So there you <laughs> get go. it going, baby. Get, get it, it going. going. So um, if you haven't already subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast channel, check us out. Um, the believe podcast network, YouTube channel also carries our show as well. Um, we get, uh, we get, we get a lot through there as well, but come, come on over to our channel as well. Hit that bell notification, uh, let you know that we're live, let you know that when we post content, um, as well. So, uh, check us out on, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, look for me in Israel, uh, at coach Burton 36 at, troop star 28 at believe in dogs on all those platforms as well. Look, look for us. Um, we're, we're all over the place. Uh, if you want, if you want some good laughs, Israel is, uh, Israel is always good. Uh, he's a good Twitter machine there. I gotta, I gotta go to the, I gotta go to the troop school of, uh, of tweeting. So I've, I've got to, I've got to step up my game. <laughs> well, you come from Georgia and you're, you're in a locker room full of, of BBs who crack jokes all the time. You, you either fold or, or you start cracking some jokes of your own. So that's really where it came from. Um, shout there out to uh, all my guys, you know, all the DBs, Prince Miller, um, all those guys that, that came through when I was there, CJ Bird, Keelan Johnson, um, Thomas Flowers, all those guys, man. Brian Evans, you know, that, that were there when I was there. When I was there. So 
um, the older guys that were there. So um, you had to be tough in that locker room, and that's kind of where my Twitter com- content comes from. So there you go. Um, shout out to them for helping me get through that um, <laughs> that time of my life right there. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm excited to hear about it. I want to congratulate uh, Kyrus Jackson and Jamari Sawyer for signing NIL deals with uh, Volume Sports, the mm-hmm. Volume Podcast Network, and the J-Boy Show. They signed with the That's J-Boy awesome. Show on, on, on with their NIL deals. So um, congrats to them. Uh, you know, those are the two Georgia guys, but there was several others, uh, Bo Nix, Bryce Young, uh, and, and some others that I forgot who they were. But um, they all signed some deals with, uh, with the J-Boy Show and uh, Colin Cowherd's Volume Network. So uh, congrats to them. And, uh, again, check us out if you haven't already. Uh, we're, 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 we're hopefully the fastest rising Georgia show, um, on the, in the network. Uh, you can check me out also. You can find me on, uh, sec after dark. You can find me on beast of the East right here on the pod believe podcast network. Also illegal, the illegal motion college football podcast. We cover more of a comprehensive, uh, college football base. And then of course, uh, right here, the bread and butter with my man, Israel, the believe in Georgia dogs podcast. Mm -hmm. You can catch us each and every week as well. We we provide it. We provide that real that real talk for you, right? And and sometimes it gets a little too real, but that's okay. We we got to give It'd it to be you. Like that sometimes it'd be like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we we got to give it to you, man. Got to give it to you. So uh, for Israel Troop, I'm Corey Burton. This is the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast presented by BetOnline.ag and PlayActionPools.com. Uh, I'm going to win those electric sunglasses this week. But so long. See you later. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here next week. Uh, we'll be back with Brinks TV uh, next week. And you can always find us on the Believe Podcast Network wherever you find your podcast. So see you. Goodbye. And of course, go dogs. Go dogs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.